Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Common Ground Podcast. Common Ground is a core class that meets weekly at Christ Presbyterian Church in Nashville, Tennessee. In our current series, our teacher, Lyric Fesco, is going through the Ten Commandments and what they mean to us today. We hope you enjoy the podcast. I don't know how many of you all know this, but uh, uh, in case you don't, I would like to tell you that I am an old person. <laughs> I, I do and say things now that, uh, that are generally reserved for old people. Old people, I say things like, my hip hurts. <laughs> I said that today. Today I said that. And I'm pretty sure I said that before 8.30. There's still plenty of time left in the day for me to say it again. And it really, my hip really does hurt right now. So uh, I wear glasses most all the time now. And these are progressive lenses, which is a very old-fashioned thing to say. These are progressive lenses. I wear them. They're, they're part of, I, if I want to see, I have to, I have to put them on. Another thing that makes me old is I tend to long for the days when we lived in ignorance. <laughs> Some of you can relate to this, I'm sure. But do you remember the time when, when someone would ask a question and you just didn't know the answer and there was nothing to turn to to find out the answer? For instance, it wasn't so long ago I might have said, how many pints are in a gallon? I don't know. What do we do now? <laughs> that was it. That was the end of the conversation. Should we call someone on the telephone? which I realize is a very old-fashioned thing to say now, to, just to say that. See, uh, even, even uh, like we have smartphones now, and, and you can just look up the information. What did we, well, I don't remember what we did. Did we look it up in the encyclopedia? And I don't mean to look at some of you specifically, but <laughs> I honestly don't remember what we did. If I, I still, I don't know how many pints are in a gallon, right? I, today, I don't know that, but if I, how many, do you know? Four, is it four? Well, that's right, good to know, see? Maybe that's all I did. Is it four? Google it. <laughs> I didn't mean to start a fight. <laughs> Eight pints are in a gallon. Eight pints, four quarts. Hey. <laughs> I think we just answered our question how it used to work. It used to work exactly like this. All right. <laughs> Something else that makes me really old is that I really, 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 really enjoy sleep. I go to bed early now, really early. Uh, like, I, if I get cranky if I'm not in bed soon after 9 o'clock. Uh, can I get a witness? Anyone else? Yeah? All right. I remember when I was younger, I would stay up forever. I would watch the late shows, and then I would watch the late, late shows, and, and it was no big deal. I didn't want to go to bed. And this is how, this is how my kids are now, okay? They don't want to go to bed ever. Okay, getting my kids to go to bed peacefully is one of the hardest battles I'm sure I'll ever have to face in life. And, and I'm convinced of that they fight us so hard every single night, every single night. It's multiple times. Go to bed and, and just like really go to bed. Don't act like just go to bed. It wasn't so long ago when my kids, I, I won't tell you which one because it doesn't matter. But they were they were told to go to bed for the 700th time that night. And, and finally they did. It wasn't too much longer after that that I decided to uh, uh, go down and, and settle down myself. And, and so often what we'll do is we'll, we'll go in and check on them before we, uh, I don't know, it's still something that we started as little. And even now that they're 11 and 13, we still go, <laughs> go to check on them. I'm not sure what we're checking for. <laughs> But we go in and check on them, and uh, and I see the one son there, and he's he's sound asleep. He's he's uh, you know has the sleep face on, even breathing heavy, and uh, and so I you know give him a little kiss on the forehead, and I turn and I, I go to walk out, and all of a sudden I, I hear something from <laughs> underneath the sheet, and I'm like, well, what was that? So I pull the sheet back, and I see that there's an iPad lit up. <laughs> he wasn't reading an ebook. It was, a, it was a video game, and I said, what is this? And I see one eye open, just like that. 
like that. I said, suddenly I see, okay, yeah, he was, he, he was punished for that. Don't worry about that. He, he lived without the iPad for quite a while uh, after that. Now, here's what I want to ask you. So what, right? What's, what's the big crime here? Uh, what did he do that was so wrong that I decided that his actions were severe enough that, I, that he should be punished? What did he do? He tried to deceive you. He tried to deceive me, right? We, we, another thing we call that is a... Lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. Now, as we sit here in a classroom, I would assume of mostly uh, Christian believers, uh, there's usually no further explanation required. Lying and deception is wrong. Let's dig deeper. Okay, why is it wrong? Why is it wrong? Think about it. If I, if I go in there and I leave that room believing he's asleep, I go to my room and fall asleep thinking he's asleep, what's the big deal? Where's the problem in that? All right? Let's, let's examine the anatomy of a lie. Okay, what is occurring when someone tells a lie? When you tell a lie, you are, you are, you are bringing someone into a false reality. That's what you're doing when you tell a lie. You're bringing someone into a false reality and you're making them exist within that false reality unwillingly and unknowingly. Okay, what harm can come from having someone live in a false reality? Okay, decisions can be made based on the false reality and, and that can lead to something destructive. For example, Josh, Josh is a doctor. Josh, if you deliberately give someone a false diagnosis, what potential damage could that do? <laughs> in some cases, it could, it could be the difference between life and death. If someone is, is, is not healthy and you tell them you are healthy, that could be something completely and utterly destructive. Lying at its root is destructive. Lying at its root is destructive. The destructive element of the lie might not be immediately visible, but, but it's there. It's always there. A destructive element is always there. We're in a series on the Ten Commandments, and we're going to, to wrap it up today looking at the last two commandments uh, of the Ten. So we're on the Ninth Commandment, and right now this commandment is Exodus 20, 16, and it reads, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. In other words, do not lie. Don't lie. Okay. Once again, it's, a, it's another command which seems simple and straightforward enough. And by now you should know that there's nothing that's just simple and straightforward when it comes to reading the, the words of the law. If we flip our Bibles all the way back to the beginning, we'll be reminded of the fact that it was in the garden when man and, and the earth was, was fractured as a result of a lie. It was brought about as a result of a lie from the serpent. He told Adam and Eve half-truths, which they bought into, a false reality, and at the and they ate of the forbidden fruit. And to this very day, we live in a world of, of lies and, and half-truths. People lie and tell half-truths and are less than honest all the time. It's, it's a part of the, the normal course of things now. Now, uh, as we've tried to do with uh, all the Ten Commandments, what we want to do is three. we look at three things with every commandment that we're, we're looking at today. There's just, just two of them. So we want to look and see what it meant in its original context, what, it, what, what, what the commandment meant within the original context when it was given. We want to examine what it means now. Does it mean the same thing it does now? Does it apply the same way it is applied now? Uh, and most of the time, yes, that's the answer it is. We, we don't deal with things like idols now in the way that they dealt with idols back then, but we do have idols. Same, same thing here. So what, uh, what are the common elements? We're going to look at that. And then, with, just like we do with all the other commandments, the, the Ten Commandments weren't ever given as a means for you to earn your righteousness with God. Okay, that's, that's something you have to understand. The law was not given as a means for you to earn your righteousness for God. The law was given to you as a means of, of showing you, I can't do this. I can't do it. I can't do this on my own. Someone from up there is going to have to come down here and help me out because I can't do this on my own. And so we want to examine these Ten Commandments with each of them and ask how Christ 
fulfilled this commandment on my behalf. How did he fulfill it perfectly? We'll examine that. Those are the three things we'll look at today uh, with each commandment. Now, it may not surprise you to know that, or it may surprise you to know that this law was given to the Israelites specifically in addressing and pertaining to testimony of court, uh, in a court of law. That idea is expanded just a few chapters over in Exodus chapter 23, verse 1 to 3. It reads like this. You shall not spread a false report. You shall not join hands with a wicked man to be a malicious witness. You shall not fall in with the many who do evil, nor shall you bear witness in a lawsuit, siding with the many so as to pervert justice, nor shall you be partial to a poor man in his lawsuit. Again, thinking about the destructive nature of a lie, the underlying idea here is that if, if the courts are corrupt, okay, there can be no justice. Uh, without justice, there is no peace. So ultimately, the ninth commandment speaks about the preservation of truth. All right. And for the Israelites specifically, that paid a special role. As we, as we read a number of times throughout the Old Testament, we hear God reiterating the fact that I will be your God and you will be my people. I will be your God. You will be my people. And if you're going to be my people, if you're going to be my people, that means you're going to represent me. You're going you're to be my ambassadors. Okay. In Exodus 19, right before the giving of this law in verse six, it reads this, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So if Israel was dishonest, if Israel was, was untrustworthy and, and deceitful, what does that say about their God? Okay? If Israel was to be holy as God is holy, then deceit on their part would tell the other nations that their covenant Lord was also deceitful. Okay? Uh, they, were, they were to be a reflection of their God. And this is why, this is why we try and get our kids to be polite. All right. This is this is why. Why is it that we try and tell our kids to say yes and and or uh, uh, thank you and yes please or no ma'am and yes sir. We want them to, to grow up to be responsible and good adults. Yes, but but there's also a piece of the equation where we know that our kids are a reflection of who we are. All right. Our kids, in a manner of speaking, are representatives of our family. And they, when they leave the house, they're representatives of our family. This is what we we want to instill in them. You represent the Fesco household when you leave here. Okay? And they're reflections of our family. This is the context of the ninth, ninth commandment was originally given to, to Moses and the Israelites. Does that make sense? If God's, if this is God's way of telling his people, you are a reflection of me and, and the truth abides in me. I am life-giving and deceit is destructive. Okay? So don't be destructive. Does that make sense? This is why he's telling his people, don't lie. Be, be upholders of the truth because I I'm an upholder of the truth, and you reflect me. You reflect my values, my character, who I am to the other nations around you. Okay, so far so good? Any thoughts, questions, comments on that? No? All right, let's keep going. Now, uh, that was the context of the commandment originally when the law was given to Moses. What does it mean now? What do, we, what do we make of it now? If the commandment was given to tell the people of God to be a reflection of God, is it different for people like you and me? How is that? Someone want to take a stab at that? What does it look like? How does that look different for in a modern context? Are we still reflective? Are we still reflections of who God is? Yes, we're supposed to be, right? Anyone else? Yeah? Luke? Um, I mean, if our job as Christians is to become conformed to his end, mm-hmm. um, and if he's revealing himself as the source of truth and reality and moving us towards truth and reality... Like, there's no walking away from that. Right. You know, and, and even going back to the Eden where naked and unashamed, fully known with nothing to be ashamed of, mm-hmm. that complete open honesty being what we were made for and, and where we're going. Perfect. Perfect. You and I, uh, very much the same thing. You and I are ambassadors 
to Christ, of Christ. We reflect his mission, nature, and his character. Uh, when I was doing some prep work for this class, I, I was looking on the internet and I typed in uh, this into the Google search bar. It said, why is it wrong to lie? Just, you know, I didn't say, I didn't say that anything, you know, from a Christian standpoint. I just, let's see what the, the ether tells us, okay? Why is it wrong to lie? And the first page yielded results that, that weren't reflective of anything uh, of, of the Christian worldview. Not, not a single article, you know, came from like Christianity Today or, or that was when I started to get into the second and third page, I started to see that. But the first page, nothing uh, was reflective of, of something of the Christian. I got results from the BBC, Time Magazine, Washington Post, Psychology Today. So, so no Christian sites on the first page. And, and more than half the results gave me titles along the, lies, uh, along the lines of when it's okay to lie or can a lie ever be noble? This is all on the first page. All right. There was another one, and, and this is just the first page that read, here are the times when experts say it might be better to lie. This is just on the first page, the first page of the results. Now, without getting into that discussion yet, we're, we're going to get there. Do you see what the overall narrative is here? There's an underlying current where society says it, it's okay to be less than truthful. It's okay to not be bearers of, of, of the truth. As, a, as an ambassador of Christ, I would venture to say that our standard should be higher, okay? That, that uh, we might be honest in circumstances where honesty might not even be normally expected, all right? Uh, has, has the cashier ever given you too much change back? What's your, what's, your, what's your compulsion? Hopefully it's to give it back, to give back what's not yours, even though that's not what, uh, what maybe the world would, would say. Uh, as an example, last week we were discussing uh, stealing, and I told you a story about how my youngest son came home from school with a brand new official NFL football, football that's worth about $100. Now, I want to make it clear last week, in case I didn't, it was my wife that pointed this out to me. Be sure you, you, you make sure that's clear. I wasn't suggesting that Logan stole the football, <laughs> okay? Uh, because, again, he came home with this brand new football because someone in the hall came up to him and said, hey, you want a football? He didn't know the kid very well, and, and Logan was like, yeah, sure. But the thing is, is that... I was suggesting that perhaps that, that football was not obtained by the other person through completely honest means, all right? That maybe something less than honest was being told to Logan, and he took it. So what did we do with it? Now, I mean, most any other kid would be like, great, free football, I'm keeping it. Finders, keepers, losers, weepers. That's the law of the land now, right? That's how it works. But it was his mom that insisted, you know what? We probably need to take this back to the back to the office and let someone else say, and sure enough, I think, Tracy, didn't you tell me that some kid had come to the office looking for his football, looking for his football? So again, again that, what was expected of us? Well, by world standards, Logan didn't do anything wrong, okay? But by the banner of truth that you and I hold up as Christians, what's the right thing to do? Let's, let's find this football's owner, okay? Now, that's a good segue of, of, uh, of how Christ um, fulfilled this commandment on our behalf. Um, because again, if we are ambassadors of Christ, you know, we're being made to be like Christ. And if the Spirit of God resides in us, we will more and more each day reflect His character back to Him. So this is something that, again, that, that, uh, that Tracy didn't have to try and do. This is something that's within her, the Spirit that's within her, the, the, the Spirit of Christ that says it's right to do this thing. Okay, and so if that's what, what, how Christ is, if that's the, the footsteps that we're following in, how did Christ fulfill this, fa uh, this uh, commandment perfectly on our behalf? How did Christ behave with reference to this commandment? How did Christ behave with reference to the commandment of thou shalt not bear false witness to your neighbor? He didn't lie. <laughs> he never once lied. 
He told the truth in every single, I don't need to belabor that point. There was never any deceit found in him. In Revelation 3, 7, the apostle John describes the words of Christ as the words of the Holy One, the true one. And Peter also affirms the truth. 1 Peter 2, 22, he tells us he committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. Not only this, but, but scripture reminds us uh, from the very mouth of Christ that he was what? He was the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. So Christ was the very embodiment of truth. By being the very embodiment of truth, he fulfilled the requirements of that commandment perfectly. Perfectly, okay? Now, it's, uh, yeah, Luke. It was his pure truth that instrument to bring him to the cross. That's right. He declared he was the Son of God, and they said, we'll kill you for this. I said, but I'm the Son of God. But I'm the Son of God, yeah. He didn't. He, I'm going to get into that in a little bit, uh, because this is there's a little bit of an aside here. Because whenever we get into this discussion about lying, the question always comes up, or, or someone is sitting in their chair wondering this, and I, and I think it's probably why I stumbled on the Google results that I did. It's the same idea, and that question is, is it okay in certain situations to not tell the truth? And whenever this question is, is asked, there, there are at least two citations from Scripture that are brought up with it. Okay, And I, I love, uh, I love uh, working through this. Do you remember the story of Moses and how he came to be? Uh, at, at the time in Egypt, Pharaoh was becoming concerned that the Israelites were becoming too many and that they would rise up and they would try and overtake the, uh, the Egyptians. So he ordered the Hebrew midwives that if a Hebrew woman gave birth to a male baby, they were to kill that baby. And the Hebrew midwives feared God more than they fe feared Pharaoh. And so maybe they were a little less than honest with Pharaoh. Okay, they didn't kill the male children and told Pharaoh, it's kind of even humorous to me. The Hebrew women are just too fast and they gave birth to the babies before we can even get there. <laughs> you know, like, I've seen what child labor looks like, or not child labor, but you know. La you know. <laughs> now you know where my son makes all his money. I, I, I've seen what it looks like for a woman to be in labor and it's not quick, okay? So maybe, maybe they fudged the truth a little bit there. This is why uh, Pharaoh started to tell them, throw, throw the babies down the river. Just throw them in the river, okay? This is what happened to Moses, only he wasn't thrown in the river. It, the intent was that these babies would be killed. So he wasn't exactly thrown in the river. Rather, he was placed in a basket and, and floated down the river. A little bit less than, than maybe deceit in the eyes of, of Pharaoh, okay? So that's, that's a one... Uh, um, uh, example we see in scripture of somebody lying for what seems to be a good reason to save lives. Okay, and there's another example of Rahab, you know, the story of Rahab who lied to protect the Israelite spies, Joshua 2, 4 to 6. Uh, basically, are the, are the Israelite spies here? And she answered them, no, they aren't here. They, they went away. They went that way. Okay, and so not only did she lie, they were on her rooftop. So not only did she lie about the fact that they, they weren't here, but she said they're over there <laughs> and, and, and sent them off running over there. And what's interesting about Rahab is that she's even mentioned in Hebrews 11, you know, this Hebrews hall of, of, uh, hall of faith. It says, uh, get that up there. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spy. She's mentioned in, in Hebrews 11, along with the other giants of the faith like Abraham, Sarah, and Moses, and, and part of her M.O., was lying. Part of Remo was lying. So given that, I ask you, is it ever okay to tell a lie? Like in life and death situations. Is it ever, what do you think? I love this discussion. So <laughs> let me hear what you think. Is it ever okay to tell a lie? Lena. 
I don't know the answer, but Dietrich Bonhoeffer, I don't know if you've read his book. Mm -hmm. He, if I remember correctly, he feels like if you're in a situation sort of like life or death, when someone is using God's law against you, like mm -hmm. in other words, you know, are you hiding Jews? <coughs> he felt like it was okay to lie because they were using your absolutes like against you to hurt. Mm -hmm. Okay, good perspective. Hard to argue with Bonhoeffer, yes? <laughs> I've heard the two extremes of like, one, it's not, the Bible's not always prescriptive, it's often descriptive, like mm -hmm. you're not supposed to rape and murder, like, but it describes people doing that. Um, is it like, did, was Rahab just wrong and a lack of faith in what God had done? Mm -hmm. uh, and that's potential and God used even out of that still good things and forgave and merciful she's in the hall of fame but then the other the simplest one is it's it's war killing someone in warfare is not murder mm -hmm. and, and you should not commit murder but killing someone in warfare is not the same so there are exceptions lying to someone in warfare is not the same as deceiving to honor yourself mm -hmm. and, and manipulate glory and wow peacetime. okay ryan did you have something well i mean if you look at it the entire world is a lie, and the only truth resides in the truth of Christ. Mm -hmm. If you are a defender of the truth of Christ, that is what we are. And this is not a, it's not a verse that is individual. It's saying, do not be joined with others. Mm -hmm. Where, if you think about in court, it wasn't the word of one person that would convict you. It was the word of more. Mm -hmm. So if you go along with a false narrative, that is the lie. Mm -hmm. Good. Anyone else? I'm Carolyn. Wondering, like, trying to balance this because, like, the fact that it says you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor mm -hmm. is not thou shalt not lie, mm -hmm. right? Like that. There's there's more nuance in that verse. But then we also know that Satan is the father of lies. Right. And then <laughs> so, even beyond Exodus 20, you know, if yeah. you go to 23 or or even you know, there's it starts to detail a little bit more what exactly it is to bear false witness, and it's not just limited to that that narrow scope that we read in in 20. You know, yeah, it's a, but it doesn't actually say thou shalt not lie. Mm -hmm. So I was just wondering, like, how much? So, but we know that Satan is the father of lies. Right. So obviously there. There is, there are evil, you know, like, but, but this idea that, like, the fact that he chose to make it bearing faultlessness against your neighbor, mm -hmm. makes me wonder how much of it is still good. Like, as always, coming back to the heart of, like, what is my motive here? Is it, like, self-preservation? Mm -hmm. Or is it, like, is it somehow to use it against my neighbor? Or is it actually driven by love and obedience to Christ, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, Sean? Yeah, I think the for and against is where my mind went to, right? Like, you think of like Bonhoeffer, like Schindler, you know, mm -hmm. like in uh, World War II just has so many good examples of this. That's kind um, of good. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, is it okay to tell false testimony for your neighbor mm -hmm. in favor and love of someone? Right. Um, versus against. <coughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think that word's important. Let's get a couple more in here, and then I'll go on. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. This is just kind of a little... Doug. Lighten it a little bit, but, like, take it away from life and death. But, like, what about Santa Claus? Mm -hmm. Tooth fairy. Like, we lie to our kids all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and... Like, I don't, I don't know what to do with that. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't worry. I don't, yeah. <laughs> just avoid That's because, good, yeah, because uh, yeah. when we're talking about truth here, I mean, there's how many ways that we... Uh, like, mm -hmm. Tooth then, fairy, sure. You, like, 
I don't know. I've talked to some friends. Like, we tried to not tell them about Santa Claus, but they still believe in Santa Claus. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, how do you? So anyway. Well, this is really interesting. Jim, go ahead. Um. Well, I don't know about you guys, but speaking as a liar, someone who's lied before. <laughs> <laughs> I've experienced too. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if we don't take away um, God's ability to work through the truth when we yeah. and, and I, I just thought about this. Yeah. Um, in the 90s, I worked with a, a group that took, uh, I, I didn't, this was, it was a part of the organization. They took Bibles into Russia uh, when Russia was not so... Um, open or nothing, it's open now. Um, and every time they went through, the guards would ask them, like, can we have the list of the things you have? And they always listed, it was a very long list, but they listed Bibles, religious paraphernalia, they mm-hmm. always listed. And the guards got so tired of going through these papers and papers and papers, but they told the truth every time. Mm-hmm. And I always thought, and, and they were, and they never had an issue. And I yeah. just thought, wow, I mean, that's, just by using the truth. And I think what we, uh, Chip was bringing up, Corey Tim Boone, a little bit ago, and I, I have that written down in here too, is that in, in, uh, in her book, the, the Hiding Place, it details her, her sister, Noeli, uh, uh, Nelly? Noeli. I can't remember, I can't remember how to pronounce it. Noli. And uh, the, the guards came to, uh, to ask her, are there people hiding here? They said, yes, there are. She told the truth. And they, they took them away then to a concentration camp, and it was right soon thereafter, once they got to the con- concentration camp, that um, the Dutch resistance broke into the, their theater and, and freed the prisoners. So you see what, what, see what happened there. Uh, by way of the truth, they gained freedom. And sometimes, and sometimes again, sometimes I think uh, there's a, a scenario where, um, for instance, if someone breaks into my house, all right, and uh, and and they, they they come to me and they say, "Is there anyone upstairs?" And I know there's someone upstairs. If and my my impulse, I don't think I have the intestinal fortitude to tell the truth in that in that moment because I want to protect my family, you know. But but I think the thing is is that we often make an assumption is that we know what the outcome will be if if we if we tell the truth. We're trying to control the situation in that moment, and yet what is it you said? You said just a moment ago that sometimes we don't we don't know. Uh, we don't know what the outcome would be through telling the truth, and, and we, don't, we don't realize what God would do through telling the truth. Now, I know, as, as soon as I say that, I know, I know that there are people that tell the truth and die, okay? That tell the truth and are killed for it. And so you think, well, where's the happy ending there? What, I think at that point where we have to, to, to lean on is, is Romans 8, 28, that, uh, and we know that, for those who love God, all things work together for those who are called according to his purpose. That he's not, you know, even, even in those scenarios, that even that is somehow being ultimately used for, for his good, for his purposes. And so I think that's where we have to kind of uh, to lean on. And I think, that, I think our ultimate position in all scenarios is to tell the truth. All scenarios. And open ourselves up to what it is that, that God is doing in that scenario. Now, again, personally speaking, I know that's very difficult to say because if I'm in that same situation, my brother always had the best, situ- uh, best re- response. He always said that, uh, what would you do if someone came into your house and they pointed a gun? Is there anyone up- upstairs? He says, well, I would overpower the man and take his firearm and then wrestle him to the ground. That's what he wouldn't have to lie. But again, sometimes it's not that easy, right? Sometimes it's a little bit more difficult than that. But again, I think our, our, our immediate, if we are to be reflectors of the nature and mission and character of Christ, Christ never told a lie to the point of his death. 
He told us, he told us his truth all the way through, even up to the point of death and beyond. So I think that is our, our natural disposition that we, we should, we should uh, reflect. Always, in all circumstances, tell the truth. Uh, Luke, yeah. You know, we, these are easy sometimes to frame in extreme circumstances. Mm-hmm. Most of us aren't usually in extreme circumstances. Right. And we're using, it's like at the high school, at any high school, I imagine, but this like the, uh, the don't snitch culture. Right. Like, I know things, terrible things are happening, but that's not my problem. That's not my business. And I'm not going to be a snitch. And uh, not when I'm trying to, I, it's like, I don't even want to know sometimes, but like, <laughs> not trying to write information out of them, but trying to get them to consider it. But I'm like, are you either ashamed of the truth, like ashamed of who God is and what he's declared is right, and too ashamed to declare it, or are you just unbelieving that he could redeem this situation right. if you were to tell the truth? Right. And like, you have no idea what would happen and what testimony it would give to be an unashamed, truth-telling person. You don't know who you're helping, you don't know who you're witnessing to, but, but that idea it breeds of like, I need to handle this situation this way right because that's the only way to have a positive outcome right that's a that's a good word uh you know we're actually todd did you have something real quick on? go ahead only comment i was gonna make it i don't know if i uh, take a position on this really but i I do remember taking a a lie detector test it's kind of interesting when you to get a job when i was a teenager and they go through all the tests did you (laughs) were you applying to the cia or (laughs) (laughs) so the last question is do you have you ever lied? Oh gosh! And so, you know, according to what I say, no, I don't lie. <laughs> well, he laughed. He just started laughing. He said, "That's my. That's how they test the the, the, the lie detector. See if it's working properly." Because he says everybody lies. Yeah, that's their control. Yeah, that's control. yeah, that's interesting. So, I don't know what it says about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we uh, we're almost out of time, and I have still one more commandment to go. But uh, you know, I, I think it's it's important to note that you know, most of, like like uh, Luke said, most of us are never going to find ourselves in a life and death situation. Most of the time, it's going to be something a little bit more down to to earth or down to reality. My uh, like, if I, I ask my my wife, and she says, uh, you know, I say, hey, h- how do I look in this? Okay. <laughs> That's kind of the more along the lines, you know, I, I think especially for the other way around, if it's the wife asking the, the guy for whatever, I feel like there's a little bit of a double standard there. I could be wrong. <laughs> I could be wrong, but I, I feel like your culture tells us we're supposed to lie in that situation and always say, look fantastic, you know, because that could be a life or death situation if you, <laughs> if, if you, answer, if you answer that incorrectly. But uh, again, there, there's, there's still ways that you can answer it with truth and grace, right? You know, Tracy's the way that she answers that question. How do I look in this? She doesn't even have to say any words. She just <laughs> kind of gives me that look like that it doesn't say anything with her mouth, but with her words, but with her eyes, it's don't, you're not going to leave the house like that, are you? I mean, that's, that's how she communicates it to me. And, and there's, there's ways you can do it with truth and grace. And I think that's, that's the other thing that we always, uh, there's never a need to, to be hateful or, or, um, or condescending. You know, with the, with the truth, there's always ways to tell the truth with grace and truth. And uh, just, I would leave you with uh, Romans 12 too. We'll pick this up next week with uh, the tenth commandment, and and then uh, I'll even tell you beyond uh, what we'll we'll study then. This, uh, but uh, Romans 12 two tells us, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, uh, that by the testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. This is how we we frame our our minds, our thoughts, our deeds, our actions. And so whenever you're in a, in a situation where you're where you're do I tell the truth? Do I not tell the truth? Am I less than honest here? 
don't, don't follow the way of the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind uh, so that you can test the will of God or discern the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. This is our, this is our road right here. This is our path. This is our blueprint forward and how we tell, uh, speak the truth to, to people uh, that uh, we intersect with. Uh, was, did someone else have their hand up real quick? No. I thought, I yes, go ahead. I noticed you waited until Tracy left before you. <laughs> <laughs> right. She'll gladly tell you, you know. <laughs> she, she has no problem uh, with, with that. So, um, I'll, yeah, I'll, what I'll do is I'll pick up this uh, next week. Uh, we still have a couple more weeks left in the semester, so I anticipate we can finish the Ten Commandments next week. Uh, then that leaves us a couple of weeks as I think Memorial Day marks the end of this semester. Next semester, I'm going to teach something that I taught maybe four or five years ago, and that's a series on the parables. I was asked to teach that again, so we're going to go through several of the parables and, and, uh, and maybe even do some that I didn't get to do last time, which I'm looking forward to that. That should be uh, exciting. So we have a little bit of a gap. That there's, I may have one extra week in there, like the week of Memorial uh, Day or... Uh, if there's something, if you have a request, anything, grab bag, if there's something you would like to know about or, or learn about or, or whatever, or just let me know and I'll see if I can't uh, put, put, uh, squeeze that in there too, okay? So next week we'll finish up the Ten Commandments and maybe uh, even uh, open the door to something else uh, for the week after that, okay? Uh, anyone want to close us in prayer? Thank you all so much for listening and we hope you tune in next week. If you have any questions, please feel free to leave a comment for us. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a review and subscribe. Have a great week.